I went cheap on the record player, so that might have something to do with it. But I think sometimes right. it has the acoustical fidelity of a wet kazoo. But right. like. choose not to decide you still have made a choice and today you've made the unfortunate decision to listen to episode number 92 of the promo front podcast i am one of your hosts bill petrie with me as always the rear admiral of the rebrand the one and only kirby hossaman kirby how the t-shirt are you I'm doing fantastic, actually. Uh, as we were just discussing before we started recording, I actually uh, took delivery of a John Deere tractor. I never thought I would own one, never thought I'd be this yep. excited about getting one, but I can't wait to learn. I, I mean, I have no idea, and I mean this with sincerity, no idea how to use all the tools and accoutrements, so I got to learn all that, but I'm excited about all of that. So uh, I'm doing well. How about you, bud? I'm doing great. Remember, the only way to learn is by doing. Doesn't matter who gets injured, who gets hurt. You just go out there and you start plowing that's, any sort of field. That's my plan. Um, you know, actually, I'm doing great. You know, it's that time of year. It's spring. It's I don't know about you. I think it's time to kind of ditch the black clothing mm. color. As you know, Kirby is such a powerful form of expression and communication, which is why our good pals over at Blue Generation, they offer a hue for every lifestyle. They don't just offer green Kirby, it's Kelly Green, <laughs> Hunter Green, Cactus, Sage, not just blue Kirby, Royal Blue, French Blue, Navy, Aqua, not just red, Burgundy, Sangria, Berry, Sangria. not just orange Kirby, Burnt Orange, which is honestly, as a Texas Aggie, one of my least favorite colors, but they offer it, which is very good for yeah. people who went to an inferior university in Texas. <laughs> um, burnt Orange, Salmon, Safety Orange, not just yellow, maize, optic yellow. Kirby, I seriously could go on and on about this, but essentially Blue Generation has just about every color of the rainbow, which is something other companies in our industry in the promotional product space, they simply don't offer. And I know you absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, many of us have diverse um, customer bases, right? And so as more and more people get creative with their art um, and, you know, you need to be able to match your uniform programs or any of that sort of thing. And so I think having all of those hues, as you said, uh, really does offer you flexibility and it offers your customer flexibility. And so I think that's fantastic. I couldn't set it better myself. The only thing I'd add is, and it kind of expand upon what you said, so many different hues of vari and variations on color. It's going to be so much easier to match logos right. if you want to do some sort of tone on tone and things like that. They really do such a great job at Blue Generation. When it comes to fashion forward apparel with color that absolutely pops, Kirby, get pops. <laughs> Look no further than our pals over at Blue Generation to see all of their retail-inspired garments with Fit That Flatters. Visit bluegeneration.com. Kirby, are they going to be sorry that they did? They will not be sorry they did. Thank you for knowing to say that. All right, yeah. Kirby. So I've got the upfront section this week, and I want to thank you for having the courage, as always, to do this podcast with me as we near the century mark and only yeah, crazy. eight more episodes. So what I want to talk about, I don't, I'm sure you saw this. Maybe you didn't. So I guess I shouldn't say I'm sure. Uh, Jack Nadell rebranded. Mm. 
Yes. Did you see this? I did okay. see it. I, again, saw the headline, didn't dig deep into okay. it, but I read a little bit about it. Okay. So the reasoning for the rebranding, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast, how the pandemic has really afforded an opportunity to for people, which they should do more often, but really look at their brand. Is it communicating who they are to their audience? Is it is it relevant anymore? Things like that. And it's something we feel here at Brandivate, you should do about every 18 to 24 months, just look at your brand. Mm -hmm. But Nadell looked at their brand and uh, the reasoning behind it is uh, they wanted to go do or focus on the evolution from being a promotional marketing company to a complete in-house agency of talent and brand promotion. I like that reasoning. Uh, they partnered with a brand, uh, a boutique branding agency in Los Angeles known or called Ludlow Kingsley. Mm -hmm. And what they did is that they sought to balance its industry position with a refined and re-energized look to stand out among the crowd. They didn't change their name, but they did shorten it. So it's not Jack Nadell International anymore. You, a lot of people would refer to them as JNI in, mm. in the industry. Um, they just are calling it Nadell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so basically, it's the same name with a different font. Um, mm. I would like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. And I absolutely have some as well. Okay. Uh, again, you very likely may have dug a little deeper into this, but I will tell you that my initial reaction was I really liked it. Um, okay. I thought it simplified it. I Again, I, I felt like, it, again, with the idea of Jack Nadale International, I actually didn't know a ton about it, but I just felt like it made it more... Um, it, it, in my mind, the I is it kind of brought it uh, forward, made it a little bit more progressive and um, just contemporary with the times. And so, mm -hmm. um, and and I think, as you said, anytime you're um, courageous enough to just because it's really hard, people get so tied to the history of um, you know th their history of their logos, the history of their organization, right. and especially when it's I assume tied to an individual, like it's one of those where you're like it it, it can become um, oh we can't touch that it's untouchable right? right and so I think anybody who's willing to have the courage to do that is good and I actually my immediate response was oh I like it I think it okay. it, it makes sense. Uh, I have a slightly different perspective on this. So, okay. uh, and I didn't dig much deeper. What I, what I read to you and what I've seen is really what I know about it. Okay. I know Debbie Abergel over at uh, Nadell. I know Craig Nadell fairly well. Um, I think when you look at a rebrand, you really have to take some of the history out of it. You have to say, okay, this name may have served us for a period of time, yeah. but does it serve us today? And if I don't know who Jack Nadell International was, I sure as hell am not going to know what Nadell is. Mm -hmm. And so for a new audience that is unfamiliar with who you are and what you do, I think you're missing the mark. I think, mm -hmm. you, you know, because it does, I'm a big fan of names that at least conjure imagery in the mind and heart of the, proje uh, the projected audience of what you do. It can be overt. Um, yours is Hossman Marketing. Immediately, I understand conceptually what you do. I may not know the nuts and bolts of it, but I get the idea of the lane you're in. Mm. Brandivate, I believe it does the same thing. Um, when you look at Nadell, I'm not sure it does that. It almost sounds like an ear, nose, and throat uh, clinic, quite frankly. Mm. Uh, and it's not making fun of it. Again, I, I get what they're trying to do. I just think there was a slight missed opportunity there to add another word. Maybe it's Nadell marketing. Maybe it's Nadell branding. Maybe it's Nadell communications. I don't know, but I think there was a missed opportunity there. I like the font. It's a cool font. I really dig that. 
Um, but again, it just doesn't immediately explain what it does. And again, I think it's that when you create too much mystery in the mind of your audience, they're going to go somewhere else. That's friction. That is a friction point. If I don't know what you do, that's a friction point. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I totally hear what you're saying. And, and as a rule, I tend to agree with the idea, obviously, because we put it in our name, right? Um, but I, I, I don't know that I feel that way. Um, I, 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 for, again, the idea of, because I, I think there is a level of saying, look, we are going to uh, update the name, we're going to update the logo, we're going to do this stuff, but we are going to continue to tie to our history. That still is right. a part of our story. And 100%. so, and, and again, I, I think, you know, Halo, and I do know that they have branded solutions a part of it, but I don't ever say Halo yeah. branded solutions. I just say Halo. Right? You're in the industry. Yeah, I, I guess. But I would also say that that was like that. That was Halo was known as Halo when they had logos on top of the Cincinnati Reds, right? Right. It was then known as Halo. And so also I, wrong. I, uh, fine, but okay. Then what's Google? Uh, fair enough. Hey, look, you, 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 we can argue both sides. Us. Yeah, I, I yeah. hear. I hear what you're yeah. saying. I do. Yeah. And I think a lot of it will depend on. It's, it's, this is not in a vacuum. The name right. is, is going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. a catalyst, ideally. And I'm sure that Debbie, Debbie Abergel and the team over there at Nadel have a yeah. great marketing plan to explain yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but again, not knowing all of that, I, 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 again, I do think um, you can honor the history of an organization mm -hmm. and tweak the name a little bit sure. more. That's just me. But no, again, I love it. Yeah, that's parsing, good. I think we're parsing words here, but I, I do disagree just honestly i wish they would have hired us at brandonville i could have come up with a better better approach than that um joking aside but you know it's a tough thing and it's a very difficult thing especially when it's a family-owned company so i yeah. totally understand why it's nadel yeah. i just think you could have put a different word with it maybe a tagline there's no tagline that i see mm. so to me it's just living there in the ether it's kind of like and, and I always use this company as kind of a whipping boy, and I don't mean to, but Brown and Bigelow. Brown and Bigelow, it always sounds like an injury law firm to me. I feel like I need <laughs> yeah. to go over there if I got hit by a truck. And there's some great people there. There's some really creative, wonderful folks there. But on a, at first blush, I have no idea what they do if I'm not yeah. familiar with the industry. And yeah. I think Nadell runs that risk here. Yeah, no, I think that's good. But it's funny because I think that this is one of those things. I, I talk a lot with uh, organizations about because we do belabor the idea of what do I call the name? What is the logo? What is this? Right. And I think so many, and, and the example I use all the time is Google, but also Nike, like Nike, mm -hmm. what, what, what did that mean before it, it means what it meant today? The execution the like, goddess of speed. Yeah. But the idea of that so many times we put so much on that front end and if you yeah. execute it right and continue to Great. do it over and over again, you build that brand and it becomes more of more than the logo. It becomes a feeling. Right. And, and I get that. And I think, you know, I agree with you when you're approaching any sort of rebranding, you start from the back, yeah. you start with the work you do and build to the name, not, yeah. not create the name and then build down. I agree. So yeah. this is a good uh, discussion. Good hey, yeah. But kudos to them. And, and I, you know, again, I always run the risk of people hear what they want to hear. Love the fact that they did it just like yeah. you do love the fact that they kept the history of Nadell. Um, I just, I, I, I'm sure with the marketing, they're really going to do a great job of explaining what they do. It's just at first blush, if I'm not familiar with them and the promotional products industry, I have no idea what Nadell is. That's, that's a fair point. Fair point. All right, Kirby. All right. This has nothing to do with marketing, but I want your take on it as a guy uh -oh. who has, um, has a, a wall full of like record, uh, covers on the back. And so, so super 
quick backstory. So I started yep. noticing that our buddy Josh Robbins had this amazing vinyl collection. He like had bought a record player and he started buying records. At one point, I think the first that it really registered for me, I know he'd posted about it before this, but right. where he literally laid out his whole record collection. And I was looking at the records that I thought, oh, I like that one. And I would like that one. Um, yep. And it, it brought it so much to my forefront that I sort of quietly went out and bought a record player. And I, um, I bought, you know, a couple uh, albums and then I bought a couple more and I just got one yesterday. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it's top of mind. Yeah. So here's my thing. So I, the sound, you know, when it comes to playing a record, I, I you know, mm -hmm. take it out, put it on there. The yeah. sound isn't as good from okay. my perspective. The experience okay. isn't as good because there could be skipping and there's, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. I, and, and specifically the sound. So here's mm -hmm. my question. Why yeah. do I like it so much? Why is it that, that this experience, and I have an opinion, but I'm like, I, I, I figured you would about why, yeah. even though it has its shortcomings, right? Sure. There are days where, mm -hmm. and, and I went cheap on the record player, so that might have something to do with it. But I think sometimes right. it has the acoustical fidelity of a wet kazoo, but right. like, but I still like it. Like I still enjoy it. And so yeah. why? I think what you're, what you're talking about for two couple things, number one, for, for people of our generation and you're, you're a little younger than me, it's, it's nostalgia. So you have that, that part mm -hmm. of it. Yep. I think we all at our age, we remember going into a record store and flipping through records or cassettes or maybe even eight tracks or CDs, but flipping through and, 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 and physically buying those things. Yep. To me, uh, yeah, there's friction in the process. I use the second time I'm talking about friction. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you get five songs and you got to get up and move the needle and <laughs> yeah. flip the record. There's, there's a lot to it. And right, you said, if you don't like take extra good care of this thing, they're skipping and it pops mm -hmm. here and there and all that. Often and they're skipping of, when I take it out of the record. <laughs> like I've, right. I've struggled with that. Yeah. Most of the most of people, most of us are not audiophiles, so yeah. we don't have that good of an ear that we can. Oh man, it sounds so much better than da 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 da. Because I don't probably, think it does. I don't yeah. think it does. And that could be your record yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. could be. But I think the biggest part of it is, and it's one of the reasons why promotional marketing works so well. It's physical. Yeah. There, there. As a as a big as a person hugely into music, I've got a pretty giant record collection i've got a ridiculous cd collection in the attic and of course my phone has like 15 20 000 songs on yeah but i miss the days of getting that record on release day or cd even listening to it and flipping you know looking at the pictures oh yep. they have the lyrics printed on here oh they had a poster in in this one yep. or just who did they thank on the album there's something that it's such an immersive experience when yes. i can i can hold the record as i'm listening to it and look at the pictures i can see the guys on the or the you know the musicians on the on the cover i think that's what it is more than anything it's that it's a much more immersive experience than just yeah. saying play me something on my iphone yo you know, yeah. By the way, I, I, so I think that's exactly right. I think the physicality of it. And I think what brought it to my attention was yesterday, right? Like I got a, I went out, I found old dominion. I had been hearing mm -hmm. their, their songs. And I was like, God, every song from old dominion, I seem to like. So I actually was like, wait, right. I could buy a record. So I did, right. but getting it was, you know, we talk about marketing joy here. There was like yeah. a little piece of Christmas morning. I was like, Oh my God, I know yeah. what this is. So I took it out and I couldn't wait yeah. to go home and listen to it. 
The other piece, and this is probably a, a, a minor piece, but I, I, it's interesting to me, is I get to experience the album as the artist intended it. Um, yes. So you get to, you know, what's, what's the first track? Good there point. was a time where that was really, oh, yeah. you know, the final track on a Garth Brooks album was one of the things they spent all the time on selecting and, and right. hearing the whole, the totality right. of what they chose and what order. I don't know. I, I find that to be really interesting. And, and, and it's interesting because it's immersive to your point. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I can't speak to, you know, I, I can give reasons to why I love it, but it, my wife's always just like, yeah, this is great. It skips and it yeah. doesn't sound as good and da da da. And, and I'm like, but I love it. I'm having fun with it. Yeah. Sandy's the same way. And again, it's like I said, it's that immersive experience. And like you said, in we live in an era where the song is the thing. I grew up in an era where the album was the thing. Yeah, yeah, right? that's great. And 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 what I think we don't get now as anybody who likes music, what we don't get enough of now are those those deep cuts, those fan favorites that didn't quite make it as a hit. Yeah. And that's okay. Most of my favorite Van Halen songs are not the hits. Yeah. They're the deep cuts. They're the they're the the uh, songs where Eddie's playing is just stupid ridiculous but it just wasn't radio friendly right yeah so we don't get that as much anymore so i love the fact that you're collecting records kirby would you like to take a trip with me to the metaverse of course why wouldn't i well let's do -si do <laughs> shall we i don't know if you've seen this that restaurants are uh doing some vir virtual school or virtual stores in the metaverse okay. but it's testing consumers appetite for metaverse marketing so it's a okay. real interesting moment in the entire metaverse uh um uh, marketing so this is from the wall street journal so wendy's uh, has a virtual store in, in horizon worlds chipotle has a store in roblox you can't really buy anything at the Wendy's store virtually. You play some games, and but it's pretty immersive. Uh, you can do some virtual burrito rolling at the Chipotle um, uh, store, and you can earn burrito bucks, and that's good for physical store purchases. So both both of them are really seeking ways to connect with people in the metaverse. But here's the interesting thing, and this is according to Forrester Research: brands experience, experiencing sorry, brands experimenting in the metaverse are outpacing actual consumer interest in virtual worlds. They have, they have a study, 43% of U.S. adults indicated they would actively avoid, that's the key phrase here, 43% of surveyed adults would actively avoid a brand-sponsored experience in an immersive digital platform. Not just ignore it, they would actively avoid it. The issue is the experience right now that's available on existing digital worlds, they fall short of an actual metaverse because there's so many different little metaverses and the, they, uh, there's not interoperability across platforms. So I can't like walk from the Wendy's store in uh, Horizon World, virtually walk, to the Chipotle store, in, which is in Roblox. They all don't communicate yet. I want to get your take on this. Are we at a tipping point where maybe the metaverse is more of a fad-based uh, marketing experience, or is this just a hiccup as people are trying to figure it out? I've got thoughts, and if you'd like me to go no. first, I'm more than happy to. This is kind of a, a deep topic, so no, no, I'm I, happy I, to go first if you'd like. No, I, I, I'll give you my take super quick, just my mm -hmm. what came, and then as you Please. expound, it might give me a chance to, yep. to, to refine my thoughts a bit. But my first thought is I think that when we ask consumers if they're going to engage with things, as a rule, they're full of shit at the beginning. They always say no. 
They always say no. Like I will never use Facebook. And yet right. here we are. Right. I, I don't need the, a, a cell phone that I got all this information and I will never text. Like we've, we, you and I are old enough right. that we've lived through consumers telling us that they would never do these things. And yet they do when it becomes right. normalized. It, they're they're and, and never going to do we're, it. We're probably both that person from time to time. Right. We've probably been that person. Yeah. I think a, a lot of us, because we've lived through technology breaks, we're like, sure. nah, that's not for me. But then it becomes, you know, I mean, the funny thing, and this is not the metaverse or anything like this, but QR codes are actually a pretty good example. Like people are like, that's stupid. I'll never use it until the technology became a much more ubiquitous. And then B, well, I have to use it in order to read the menu. I, to me, this is just a, if it goes back to the whole Henry Ford thing, if I'd listened to the customers that I would have given them a faster horse, right? So right. that would be my initial take on the, those 43%. 90% of them will use the metaverse. Uh, first of all, I want to say I completely agree with what you just said. Um, we're all resistant to those type of changes. There was a time, and we just talked about how I have 15,000 songs in my iPhone, which I used to have an iPod. At when the iPods first came out, I was like, why the hell would I want that? I've got a giant folder of CDs I like to take with me. Yeah, that I've spent money on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, here's, what I, here's what I would say. I don't think we know yet if there's value in marketing in the metaverse or there's not. I, don't, I think way too early to know. But what I like are that brands are exp experimenting because what they're doing is data mining. Yeah. They're finding out what their customer base is willing to do but also what they're not willing to do. And to me, that's a very Amazon-like approach. We've talked about this before. Amazon's approach is we're going to jump into a marketplace and we're going to give it a, we're going to go full bore for X period of time. Here's the budget. Here's how much we're going to spend. And they have no problem pulling the plug on those things right, yeah. if they don't work. But they get, no matter what, they're getting extremely valuable data in, in Wendy's, Chipotle, McDonald's, all these fast food, quick service franchise or uh, companies doing the same thing. What are people doing? So we set up this store. What do they do? Yeah. Right. You're studying. Really what you're doing is studying human behavior as people have little doppelgangers of themselves strolling across the metaverse. So I think it's absolutely smart that they're doing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But it is way too early to tell what it really translates into in terms of increased profit, increased loyalty. You know, I think we just have to watch that. So I think it's way too early. So when I, I'm like you, when I see a study like this, I'm like, man, so, same people who like, I, I'm never going to have me a cell phone. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the other thing that you talked about is really interesting is that you are um, as an organization, if you are advertising in the metaverse right now, you are showing up to a completely different audience that you, it, it's not for that 43%. Right, it's not for them. It is for if you are uh, Wendy's, you are exposing yourself to an audience that otherwise you wouldn't have that kind of kind of all-in immersive exposure to. And so you're right. Yeah. I think it's tough to quantify that, but man, I think it's interesting. And also, there's really value in the metaverse being first or close to first to market to show yeah. up to be there. Yeah. Right, people will remember that. So. I thought cool. it was an interesting discussion. You got a, another topic for us, Kirby? Yeah, final, I think probably final topic, unless you've got a quick one at the end. Uh, so would you, Bill, would you buy a flight on Uber? 
the company is testing a feature that would allow you let you book long distance travel plans, planes, trains, buses in the UK this summer. Uh, okay. The idea of reviving, you know, plans of the creating a super travel app. So, okay, what is your take on, you know, use Uber to grab a ride? Would you grab a flight? Would you grab a train? Would you grab, you know, longer flight, longer travel? I've got eight thousand questions. Um, <laughs> I, I just gave you everything I know. <laughs> um, perhaps. Yeah. I, I I mean I don't I'm not opposed to it. But I'd want to understand if I do an Uber plane and I say, I want to go from Nashville to Kansas City, Missouri. Is that just some dude in a, in a, in a twin seater or is that, yeah. Or is that, is that a, is this a reputable airline? Right. Basically is it, and that I'm almost picturing that it's almost an aggregator like Travago or yeah. Expedia or something like that. So that's what I'm if picturing it's an too. If it's an aggregator like that, no, there's enough of them and they're all the same. I'm sorry, I because I, I've done this when, when traveling, I will go to those sites because you know, we go visit our kids at college. And so half the time hotels are sold out, small yes. college town. So where can I get a hotel? All the prices are the same. All the hotels are the same. I mean, I, I don't know what value these sites honestly offer. <clears throat> so unless there's something radically different that Uber would offer through their aggregation, no. I mean, I might look at it, but would I be loyal to it? Absolutely not. Fair, fair. Would I use it? Sure. Uh, and I think it really depends on the experience. Um, for the most part, I book, you know, certain flights through specific airlines. Um, but yeah. I, again, it's a little bit like th th this. To me, this conversation translates directly to the conversation we just had. If Uber creates an app that it makes it easier and cr creates less friction for me to book flights on Uber, will I use it? Yeah, right. yeah, sure will. <laughs> Absolutely. And it'd be interesting if they ended up doing this, Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Like, would they keep that same Uber Black logo or they go right. with something different? Because if they did go with something different, what they could do is partner with a distributor that works with Blue Generation to ensure <laughs> that the apparel that any Uber employee would wear would have the right hue and color for their brand. Wow, that was freaking smooth. Um, until I said it was smooth, that makes it less smooth. Yeah. Anyway... We've talked about this blue generation, great quality, great, great, just people, but they have just about every color of the rainbow, not just blue. They have French blue and Navy and aqua, not just green. They have sage and cactus and Kelly green. I could go on and on. You can listen to the first part of the podcast. I'm not going to belabor the point, but they have just about every single color that you or your brand would want uh, for your clients, especially distributors. Your clients want need for trade show opportunities, for corporate apparel, for uniform programs, all those things. And not only that, not only do they have every color and every size, we, we know that, I think. Man, you talk about an easy, frictionless experience. That's Blue Generation. They're going to make it very easy to set those things up and make it worthwhile, not only for you, but your client and everybody's happy at the end of the rainbow with your pot of gold you get from your clients. So if you want to learn more and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you head over to bluegeneration.com? You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, I enjoyed today's podcast. I Me hope too. you did as well. I did, man. Thanks. That's right.